Welcome ladies and gentlemen back to Rocket Talk. This is episode 3 in our series where we just look at some of the Rocket League action happening around the world and mostly in South Africa, the state of the scene and I am Ultraism. Joining me is Skillsteel. How are you doing? I am doing well. Uh, yeah, this episode we are doing this week is going to be pretty crazy. I've been looking forward to this one for, for quite a while. So uh, yeah. I mean we can get straight into it. There's so much to talk about um, and obviously the big one... Uh, that I think everyone was thinking about last year and going into this year, they were like, what's going to happen? And then COVID struck and everyone was like, oh no, it's gone. And that is the Intel Olympics. Man, this would have been such Oof. a big event for us. Yeah, I must admit, like, if you guys aren't aware, this week we're talking about international events in general and South Africa's place in these international events. And I must admit, the Olympics was one that I was personally excited for. Like, we've, like, the, the, the thought of having esports in the Olympics in any form has been like a discussion since esports actually arrived. They were like, what's the difference between a sport and an esport? You know, like, why can't we be represented? And like, with the amount of people now watching esports it's got more viewership than like 99 percent of other sports and almost as much as like an actual olympic event on a very common sport so you know it's it's opened up the opportunities and if you guys didn't know the olympics was here it was it was theorized for last year esports got added into it um and we had to cancel obviously the the 2020 olympics but the 20, it, it could come back next year, and South Africa's got a chance at getting into that, eh? Yeah, I mean, so the way it works is each region has kind of a set amount of spots they can, they can fill, and Africa has only one spot, which is the downside. Um, mm. And in terms of, like, talent across Africa, I'm not too sure where they rank up. I know a few players mm. reach uh, well above 2K MMR uh, in ranked. So in terms of how our talent stacks up against the talent of the rest of Africa is quite an interesting thing to think about because we don't get involved with them. Like we don't play against them in ranked. We don't see them yeah. anywhere. Um, so it's, it's really interesting that Africa has, has one. And I mean, another thing to think about, which I just popped in my mind, we only have one region to play servers on, which is South Africa. Um, but again, we have people in six bands from the reunion islands which they get quite good ping to our servers but the rest of africa i'm not too sure i don't i don't suspect it will be too great um but just yeah just the thought of it that it could return in 2021 um and give us a chance to to kind of prove ourselves um but again the talent i have no idea where the talent stacks up so it will be uh, quite a challenge uh, for us as South Africa to try and qualify for that. But again, it's such a massive, massive opportunity. Um, yeah, I mean, it's it's sad that it was cancelled, but it might return. And if it does, it's going to be so good for this community because, as I said, um, this is kind of our one-shot opportunity to tell Sonics, yeah. listen, there's there's such a region as South Africa, you know, they, they do exist and we do have internet and all that kind of jazz. So it's, it's kind of this only hope for us at this point uh, to get Sionix's attention not not just them but orgs in general and and the entire yeah. scene from overseas just to tell them listen we can compete and i think the same thing happened with uh, with middle east um when they i mean they they get okay ping to to eu so that was kind of their first hurdle they they overcame is um O'Callard and those people 
And then they made a team, Sanra Gaming, and then they took the EU scene by storm. They started beating teams that people thought they would never be able to. And that kind of steamrolled into them having Psyonix-sponsored tournaments today. So I feel like the Intel World or the Intel Olympics was our gateway to kind of get ourselves into that scene. Yeah, no, like the the attention of Psyonix is so important for us. It took us so long to get South African servers that we, I mean, we played for what, three or four years, I remember playing before Psyonix servers mm -hmm. came in. So like uh, the guys who are playing pro now have been playing on EU servers with 120 or 200 ping for literally six years, five years now since Psyonix um, released the game in South Africa. And Psyonix has such a gatehold on tournaments because you have like you are not allowed to host a tournament above i think it's 10,000 or 50,000 rand for rocket league uh, i don't know if you know that figure yeah yeah no i i knew that and i think a while back raving mad was going to stream a tournament on on live yep. television i was involved with that i was so excited for it it was it was going to be on jinx like jinx tv the actual international site and then we had everything cleared with it and everything with jinx and then Cyanix is like, nope, no, not going to happen. Not on our watch. And that was so sad because it's it's publicity for them in a way. And I don't see. I, I don't mean, understand it, man. They they probably they're not they weren't involved in it. So they don't know what talent is involved and if there's any hiccups or they don't like a certain. Yeah, like casting or they, they don't really know what you're going to say, because I'm, I'm guessing yeah. that people on RLCS casting panels, they are pro probably on some strict uh say yeah. no hows you know they can't just say anything that's on their mind i'm i'm guessing you can't bring down the name of rocket exactly, league and that's what they're trying yeah. to protect i guess yeah so but it's still sad though because i mean that it's it's such a i mean jinx reaches a wider audience than we can probably ever imagine getting through the likes of streaming on twitch uh, if you yeah. can think about it so yeah it was it's it's pretty sad that sonix kind of lays the ban hammer down on on what certain people try and achieve um but i mean there's there's some legalities to it that we probably can't see uh, that they have to enforce you know we were chatting last week about lan events and the effects of getting high tier tournaments and stuff like that and i think that's where we've reached our limit now is that until psionix gets involved until psionix starts giving us permission we've kind of reached the ceiling gap of what we can do with rocket league tournaments in south africa we can get more common tournaments more regular tournaments which we spoke about last week but until we get that international recognition um, it's going to be very difficult to break through that barrier. And I definitely think that something like the Olympics could really work. You know, we talked about there's, there's the Moroccan teams that have come out and shown that they've got some skill. And they can play to Middle East. So they've been playing on like 50 ping or something like that from North Africa. So, you know, Africa is a really big place. And South Africa is certainly not the only developed country in Africa. So you could really find some random teams coming out from... Um, different countries. You know, Egypt is an incredibly popular city and um, that's in Africa. So we would actually be competing with the likes of almost a first world country in a lot of those big cities um, in Egypt, in Morocco. So there's, there's certainly a chance for us to get a South African team in. And that would be the breaking point for us, I think, is if we can get some sort of on an international stage, get the European casters talking about us, get this, the North American casters talking about us, then that would be huge. But I think it would be difficult. And the question about how 
and which players we would send to try and make our one make or break. Could be a very difficult one if we ever do get to the 2021 Olympics or at least a qualifier for it. Yeah, and I mean, on that topic of which players we would send through, I think it's really important that, I mean, the entire community would be involved in such a decision. Yeah. Um, and it's it kind of comes down to, do we want to risk keeping pre-made teams as they are now because they have experience playing with each other, they have that kind of team dynamic, or do we want to kind of get that mindset of we want the best kind of team put together and they have a chance at that it's kind of this weird dynamic that the community is going to try and build mm. but until we don't know that intel olympics is going to come back because um, we're going to have to do it a little bit beforehand um, i think because the team's obviously going to have to play together if we decide um, as a region that we want the three best players to have a chance at that um and I mean, that's going to be kind of biased and people are going to say, you know, we want these three players and people, other people are going to say, no, we want these three. So it's going to, it's going to be a rather difficult uh, kind of decision for the community to lay down. But that is something big that we also have to consider. Like, do we send pre-made teams to, to try and qualify or do we kind of want the three best players and a sub to kind of try and qualify for this? You know, when it comes to like who's going to go, there is an open number of spots for the qualifiers. So like as long as one of our teams wins, we get a spot in the, the Poland qualifier for the Olympics. So we can send lots of them. But like you say, is what sort of dynamic do we put them together in? Do we try and make the best team and then second team and then a third team or something like that? Or like if you look at it, the weird thing is the South African top Rocket League players have kind of all gotten to play with each other for a little bit over the time. You know, there's been so many changes to teams. We've constantly seen the team of XD dominating the, the South African scene. But when it comes to who's made up that XD team and who could potentially make up a top team, I think that we've got enough good players that we could shove a couple of them together, even if they're not on the current team. So I think they would have to go out to a general vote as to like, do we try and now chop and change these teams? Or do we have a qualifying tournament where the players can decide themselves what team they want to be? You know, maybe they are just, they feel really comfortable playing with someone and they can reach out to them and say, right, just for the qualifiers, do you, me and blah, blah, want to, blah, blah is an official player. He's like the best player in South Africa, obviously. Um, no, if, if they want to reach out as three people come together outside of any org, outside of any long-term commitments, maybe there's org conflicts between this team and that team's orgs or this player and an org before. And so, you know, those dynamics, I don't think that the general public should get involved with. I think maybe having the idea of just anyone can enter three people. The players themselves can choose then who wants to qualify and the, the top players will naturally gravitate towards each other because they want the best shot possible. Yeah. And I mean, as you said, that it kind of comes down again to what, what do we want our best chances to look? I mean, we, we can send pre-made teams, but I mean, again, we, we can't really gauge the talent we're going to be up against as we don't really run into them. All we've got is the type of MMR that they reach in the, in the ranked playlists. So there's nothing to yeah. prepare for. It's kind of it's gonna kind of be a feel it out uh, kind of tournament when we try and qualify. Obviously, if we send multiple teams, you kind of gauge okay if we go up against them, this is what we can expect. But other than that, the in the rest of the region uh, or the African region for us is so kind of blind. We we have no idea what to kind of expect from these teams, 
Um, so again, it's also something to consider when we try and decide uh, or if we decide uh, which kind of way we want to go. Um, so yeah, but again, if Intel Olympics comes around, it's going to be so, so good for our community. We're going to have the biggest shot of our lives to tell Sionics, listen, none of this nonsense of not acknowledging us. But I mean, I, I guess it's pretty difficult for them to include us um, as an entire, because I mean, you, you've got South Africa, but I mean, then they have to kind of include the rest as well, if you know what I mean. They can't just say, okay, South Africa, you can compete. Um, yeah. Because I mean, that wouldn't be really be fair, because I mean, even Middle East struggled for so, so long to get Sionics' attention, and now they're getting the sponsored tournaments, and it's looking really, really good for them. So again, Intel Olympics is our best shot at it, so we kind of have to be careful about how we we go about it but again until that happens i guess we 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 cannot say too much i would love to see like we open the opportunity for any teams to join but like we have a qualifying tournament or something like that where we run like a decent league or something like that and the top four teams enter because like let's be fair for these these olympics we're not going to be sending 45 teams to the olympics yeah, you know to be, an olympic yeah. qualifier like those guys will actually just embarrass themselves yeah. on an international stage and it's it's no offense to like the up-and-coming players mm. in rocket league in south africa but i i watched a bit of the rlcs recently um the summer league um and that was ridiculous to see the guys who were actually winning in the north american qualifiers or the european yep. qualifiers the level of those guys is scary like we watch the South Af the top South African league players and XD has been dominating that. Now I would definitely recommend XD maybe either as a unit as they currently are as entering into the Olympics, if it's just an open thing or, you know, I don't think we'd change too many players from XD. Maybe they'd want to drop someone, bring someone else and do a little bit of a, a roster shuffle if in the next six months or something like that and train up a new team or a different, slightly different team, whatever. Like they, they're definitely the, the South African standard that we would be sending to the Olympics, right? Yeah. We don't know what the opposition is going to be yeah. like, but we know what we want to send. We want to send our best. And so, like, if we can get a tournament or something like that to decide that, I think it would be great. Yeah, and I mean, as an, as an interesting uh, food for thought, um, so, and I'm guessing, well, there's a couple of players that go as high as I do in rank, but uh, there's, you run into quite uh, a few interesting characters that are involved in, in RLCS over uh, in EU. Um, I actually got two of them today. And uh, I mentioned this to Fallis also a couple of times. Like when you play with them in ranked, with the ping and disadvantage that you have, you don't kind of feel out of place. Assuming you're like on, wow. on the top level. And I've mentioned it to Fallis, as I said, it, it, it feels weird because you expect a certain level from them. But when you play with them yeah. uh, in threes, it feels sort of normal. Like there's, they, they don't do anything out of place. They don't do anything too fast. They don't do it too slow. It feels like the wow, game you've okay. been playing for quite a while. And that kind of gives me hope and kind of gives me that, that confidence in saying that we as a region, if we send the best of the best, can actually compete on that level. It'll be a struggle because we, we have no idea what to expect. We have never uh, played them. We don't know what they're like if they're actually in a team that they know how to play with. Um, but yeah, just, just being able to keep up and, and do that with a ping disadvantage just 
kind of gives me that hope and that confidence that if we do this, we, we can actually uh, do something worthwhile. Um, wow, that would be amazing. You know, yeah, like yeah. we, it, it would be great to be the African team coming through because, you know, Africa should get some publicity. Like we might even get some splash publicity of a, when the different or if a different American team um, qualifies ahead of us. We would still get some of that celebrity status or like at least a little bit of recognition. Um, but if we, South Africa can actually go to something like the Olympics or the big one that we actually haven't chatted about yet, the RLCS, uh, that one's going to be interesting as well. If we can get invited to something like RLCS, if they can just create like a big open um, qualifier, like an African region, they've got a North American qualifier, they've got an European qualifier. If we could just open up an African qualifier, because we've got the skills, like you say, is mm. well, we got you. but wow Wow. um but yeah if if we've got the skills like you say that's that's amazing to hear because obviously i don't make it up to those ranks and i'm sure most of the people listening to this don't make it up to the ranks where we come across international players or like you know well-known players um anytime um any often at at all if if that so it's interesting to hear what you say that we are actually we're there yeah and i mean it, it would be, yeah, getting that recognition is also something, but imagine we are able to, to elevate South Africa to that point where orgs can say, all right, this seems like a worthwhile investment. Like imagine you mm. you hear this team, they, they qualified for this massive uh, worldwide tournament and they're going to Poland. Wouldn't yeah. we want to be involved in that, get our name out there? We send them over, we let them represent us where a lot of people can see us. And I think that's also one big thing that we kind of not overlooking, but we're not thinking of as much as imagine the kind of org involvement um, when we are actually able to prove that we, we can do something. Um, the likes of ATK, they've sent uh, over their Counter-Strike team. I think they're planning on doing it again. Um, but when they did it the previous time, they actually did really, really well. And that, that team ended up being picked up by a North American team, Cloud9. So, I mean, yeah, you lose your team because it, it kind of defeats the purpose. You send them over and then you just lose them to a bigger org. But not just that, they are able to send them over there and that team from South Africa is able to compete on a level where another org sees that potential. Um, so I think that's, yeah. that's like one big thing that also for us would be, would be kind of awesome is if we can get that org involvement and in saying, listen, we've, we've got the finance for you. We'll send you over. We let you rep. And that would be so, so amazing. And also, what else kind of pub- publicity are you looking at when you're sending a team overseas? There's so much viewership. Yeah. There's so much. Um, people are going to see your name on there and it's going to be so, so good for you. And then when you come back, you're going to be like the heroes, you know. So Intel Olympics, again, I cannot say this enough. It's such a big opportunity that I w- I'm hoping it comes back. Oh, it's huge. Like the org representation. We don't really have the big international orgs picking people from South Africa in any game. You know, we've seen ATK do well with Counter-Strike. They sent over that team. They've also had players picked up from their Apex squads and their Siege squads. Um, Bravado had a lot of success as well with CSGO on an international scene. So we've sent our organizations out there and gotten recognition. It would be so great to see the international organizations like Cloud9 actually coming to South Africa to start scouting players in various titles. Rocket League especially, obviously. But if we can get the likes of Ninjas in Pajamas or Cloud9 or any of those big organizations to come to 
South Africa, scout a South African team, or even just one or two players. It just gives people here such motivation. And I mean, if South Africa gets known as a Rocket League team, a Rocket League space in the world, then come on, like what more do you want for your players? At the end of the day, Rocket League survives because of its players. And we all as players and spectators and stuff like that want to see South Africans do well. It's like if your rugby team goes to the Olympics and wins, then like everyone in South Africa cheers. If we can get Rocket League to that sort of level and have an internationally acclaimed Rocket League team, then we, we really are making it. And then we're going to get so much investment from those other companies into the South African scene instead of always trying to fund it ourselves. Yeah, I mean, we also had that uh, XD sending over two players uh overseas and uh, the best player in our country um snowy went over there and actually got like what top 10 he was uh, fifth i think it was second in um, he was like 1v1s super high. he was crazy high and that kind of representation he even made it onto johnny boy's stream which is every south african player 1v1's dream to get onto that stream he actually got on there and he played against Jorias back then like that wasn't peak Jorias but that was still a very very good Jorias and Snowy was able to compete massively so just that is huge just that proves that just because we don't get that exposure against those teams and those players doesn't mean we can't compete when it comes to that like he was climbing super high on EU even and that's also one thing we we can mention is the, the ping disadvantage doesn't seem to have held us back in the past. As we just mentioned, Snowy, he even climbed really high on 200 ping or sub 200 ping. Um, so it's definitely not, it's it's a hurdle we have to overcome. It's kind of this block uh, that, that we have in front of us, but it's definitely not something that's holding us back as much. Like we're getting players climbing into 1800 and high 1700s like most of the it's like it's moving up each season it feels like like our cap was yeah. just above 1600s of like a few seasons ago and now we're going past like 1800 so it's really really crazy like imagine we can like that's one thing yeah. i believe we can also gauge and get sionix's attention is when we reach above 1800 1900 and when we get to 200 like 2k mmr i think that's when we will start making a statement saying we can do this on this yeah. ping like why not give us a chance there's definitely talent in this country and look what we're doing even with this disadvantage well that's the thing is that disadvantage for us we've gotten used to it and rocket league is a wonderfully designed game if you guys don't know how the ping system in rocket league works like you actually see the ball exactly where it is like it predicts where the ball is going to be and so it compensates for your lag so it means that if you're going for aerials and stuff you can still get really nice um clean hits on it and where it really comes into it is if the ball bounces unpredictably so it hits like a car at the wrong angle or something like that it can't predict the, the way the car is going to hit it and so then you get your rubber banding so in like 1v1s especially to get up to that sort of mmr is ridiculous because you've got to be able to split second react to what the guy's doing if he's doing some weird flick or something like that so the fact that our guys are getting up there means that they're compensating for rubber banding and stuff like that which means these guys are, are getting their reaction time to like literally 200 milliseconds faster than mm. the other guys because they're they're playing that far behind in time and so we it's really difficult to get the hang of in the beginning but it's certainly not the thing that's going to determine us not having any skill. We've just got skill beyond that. Yeah. And it means that if we go to now a low um, ping server for like a qualifier or something like that, I mean, come on. We, we've got a serious advantage then because our guys are playing faster. They understand the game 
half a second in the future kind of thing exactly yeah and then one bigger disadvantage of playing with this high ping is everyone's exposed to it like new players have to play on that ping when they're playing rank most of them play privates but they will eventually just kind of do rank with their with their buddies and it will be on high ping and this kind of when you start getting out of that casual play style and you're kind of getting better and better and now you're starting to do stuff that you weren't doing before it kind of forces you to play a certain playstyle. So in the 1v1 playlist, you have to be aggressive. You can't shadow as much. You can still shadow, but you can't shadow as much. You have to be aggressive, constantly on the ball. Uh, as you said, reaction times is kind of limited. So you, certain things you can't think about, you just have to go. Uh, 2v2 is pretty much the same. Uh, you can think a little bit more, but still you have to be aggressive. You can't let your teammates have any time on the ball. And then 3v3 is where you can still like have a little thought you can still because people don't dribble as much they don't do as much slow playing they kind of play it fast boom the ball so you have time to read um but big disadvantage of this hyping is it forces you to adapt to a certain play style you have to be aggressive you have to do this and this and this um and that's kind of where it gets kind of sad because players can't develop on their own how they want to play they can't play passive on eu because you're going to get wrecked like you can't react you can react probably on on a good day you can react to anything but consistently reacting to that on hyping is going to be such such a a dreadful thing to to go ahead and do um so not at gm level like like well, let's be fair you'll do that up to like yeah. that and then you'll really start struggling at gm level to react people do to react crazy to stuff like it it gets hard to react to certain things like as as a gc and how you get and as you get higher you kind of start reading the play but then sometimes it just does not work out. You think the ball's going one way, and as you said, the rubber banding, when people start hitting it so unpredictably, that's when it starts, like, the gray area, because you can't read that, you can't react to that, so you kind of, hesitation starts getting into your mind, and that's also one big thing, like, it forces us not to, I mean, it's, it's probably a good thing to say, don't hesitate on anything, but it, it forces you to not be able to think in ranked on this high ping, um, and that's where I'm trying to get at is, for South African players, trying to climb the ranks in ranked is forced to play a certain play style, which is sad because you can't... player that wants to play passive can't play passive because he has to be quick and aggressive. Um, so, yeah, it's... it's. I mean, I think the advantages outweigh the disadvantages because you kind of learn how to be speedy, um, how to read the ball, how to read the play better, how not to hesitate, that kind of thing. But the big disadvantages, it only forces us to play one specific play style which is pretty sad well you know what there's there's two ways first and foremost the only way to solve that is for guys to start queuing south african servers guys need to be able to actually grind all the way up to like champion level on south african ping and then they won't develop those bad habits they won't be super aggressive um and they won't have to learn how to play that you know our still our gcs are going to struggle to find games in south africa and you'll always be playing against the same people so you know that that is a limitation to it but maybe that's just becomes the south african style of rocket league can you imagine if we're doing that now we're being aggressive on this ping and still doing well if we now take that to a international tournament and we are just more aggressive than any other team in the in the world then you know that could actually work out it's sad that we have to play that way but maybe it's good that we play that way because when it works out and if we're still winning the games if you're still winning the games, it's not a flawed strategy. 
You know, it's not something that's a bad thing to maybe have that. And then when we go to international tournaments, we can be more aggressive. We've got better ping. And so we can um, actually compete in a, a, like almost in a faster way than the other team where they're not expecting that aggression. We could use that to our advantage. Yeah, and I mean, one interesting thing to note is that when I was uh, in ascendance with Falisa and Shadow, we at one stage organized a scrim with a with the EU team. I think that back then uh, we were all just mid-1600 and they were all going on the 181900 in, in ranked MMR. So we kind of, just for, for interest's sake, wanted to gauge, you know, where, where are we and uh, against their talent. And... We played them and we, we did kind of well. We still lost by, I think, a few few goals. And at the end, we asked them, so listen, where can we improve? And, and the one guy mentioned, but listen, uh, I think you guys are playing at your peak. I don't think you can go any further. So, I mean, it, it, was, it was kind of wow. like sad to hear that. But also, in a way, you can turn that around and say, okay, maybe if we were on local ping against them, we would have clapped them or it would have been much, much closer. So, yeah, I mean... It, it demotivates a lot of players in South Africa, I think, to, to know that the only thing that they can do is play on 200 ping. Um, but then again, if, if you, like you said, if you're winning games, then that doesn't really matter. And as you start getting better and you start winning more games and you start getting like higher in MMR, it kind of starts to motivate you to be better. Because, I mean, I mean, the one thing for me uh, personally is what motivates me to keep playing is I can see how high I can climb in ranked. Um, and that kind of motivates me to keep going. Like, I, I know I've been at the top. Um, so for me, I want to keep going that and try and improve on that, try and increase that, that ceiling, uh, that, that peak. So, but I know a lot of players, they, they hate playing on, on 200 ping and it kind of de demotivates them to keep going. Um, and I mean, there's, not, there's not really much to play for except knowing you, you got there, you know? So you can't really... Yeah. There's nothing at the end. You won't get anything except GC rewards, which, uh, let's be honest, GC rewards, <laughs> no. <laughs> like, it, it they was, haven't always yeah, been the best. It was, it was still good when, like, the first set of wheels came out and the, and the boost, but when they started refurbishing those, it was, no, no. There's, like, no creativity left. But, yeah, so uh, motivation for, for players in, in essays, if there's not a sponsored tournament, and as we said, there's, there's not a lot of involvement from Psyonix, there's not really much to play for or to play to get better unless you have that self-discipline to say i want to get better i know where i want to be and that also comes down to setting goals um and that for me is that the goals for me is kind of like small like i want to gain 30 mmr i want to like every season i set a goal of i want to be 1700 in threes not keep it but just reach it and then if i'm past that for me it's just like where whatever like if i gain if I'm 20 MMR or higher at the end of the season, that's fine. But I set kind of small goals. And for me, ranked is that. Like, I'm a ranked warrior. Like, a lot of people aren't. But for me, playing on that kind of ping is still fine. Um, so, yeah, motivation, there's not... You know what? You're talking about motivation like only... Like, MMR is the only motivation. And, mm. it, like, it has been for a long time, unfortunately. Yeah. We've had the tournaments for it. But I think considering this is an episode on international tournaments and opportunities and stuff like that, I think now if it doesn't matter what your MMR is at at the end of the day, if there's an opportunity for you to go to something like the Olympics or RLCS, which we haven't chatted about that much, um, there really is this, if there's an opportunity to do, to do that and you're ranking up to 1700 MMR, 
you can almost like do a mental thing of okay and a 1700 mmr in from 200 ping is effectively a 1900 mmr overseas or something like that and so the mmr doesn't become what you chase you chase to become one of the top teams you chase to become a player that's going to get scouted internationally because if you're doing good stuff here the number mmr doesn't work that, that doesn't actually make the the it's not what you strive for at the end of the day so like motivation comes in much more forms than just mmr if we can get the the international rep yeah and i mean as we mentioned snowy when when he went over he climbed super high he went from he gained like 300 mmr over there so it's, there we go. it's, it's like true what you say that don't take your mmr now and say that's what you're going to be when you go overseas um and I think a lot of players would be like two ranks higher than what they are now if they go overseas. Um, so, so it is it is a big thing. And I mean, also, like people, they not just get demotivated by by the by the high ping that they have to play on, but also by the amount of hours that they have to put in yeah. to to get better. And when you get to a certain point, um, where I think a lot of the the top players are right now is they've put in four thousand hours in Phallus's case probably like 60,000 hours you get to a point where you say the scene doesn't really you don't see that you can put in all this time and it will be beneficial for you because there's not a lot of local yeah. involvement so you kind of think yeah. but what what is it all for like should I keep going should I just stop because you don't see anything really going for you yeah I mean no, there's, mm. there's no reason to do it at that stage, exactly. you know, like 17,000 hours is a lot of time. That's like starting to try and make a career out of it. And unless you, you're actually able to make some sort of career, you just, congratulations, you want a pizza voucher and 300 bucks for the weekend kind of yeah. thing. Like when you're sitting at that level, there isn't the motivation, but, um, yeah, I mean, yeah. yeah. So, so 7,000 hours to put into something for that much is just, it's not it's not mm. worth it eventually like people will put in hours because they enjoy the game when you're starting to have to like do drills every day yeah. um on how to do redirects how to do like um half flips and stuff like that how are you starting to do like aerial um flip reset training if you were having to grind that every day for like an hour it starts to become like repetitive yeah. and and not not fun anymore yeah but i'm i guess it's probably different for each player like for me keeping going with i mean i think i have 4.3 thousand hours in rocket league and for me what keeps me going is just that hope that something does pop up eventually like it's that fear of leaving it getting rusty and yeah. then something big comes up and then you're like oh my goodness now i have to put in like weeks of effort again just to get back mm. there and it's like so for me it's kind of having that hope inside you that something is going to come along and when it does i want to be like ready for it um, but also I'm, you know, enjoying the game, you know, there's, there's like nothing wrong with that. You know, as, as I said, there's a lot of goals and motivation for me to keep going. So for me, it's not getting burnt out or getting demotivated. That's to keep awesome. Going. It's like keeping it going with that hope that something will pop up. And Intel Olympics, RLCS is still hope for us. Like Sionix hasn't said we'll never include you. Like big yep. red cross, we're not going to include this region. So that hope that they will eventually come around and say okay i think we've got infrastructure in place we can accommodate you guys here's what we got planned i wanna i'm waiting for that day and i think it could come hey like if you look at just the way that south african rocket league has grown 
I mean, it's mm. been going for about five years, the competitive scene, and we actually have gotten up now to rival some of the other top games in the country. You know, you've still got Counter-Strike at the top. Dota's starting to die off a little bit more. Um, no one please shout at me for saying Dota's dying. It's not dying. But the, the competitive scene in South Africa is reducing, and I'm having more and more people. I look at, like, I, I'm a teacher at the school and head of esports there, and we've got, like, 36 Rocket League players. We couldn't get a Dota team together. Because the kids just aren't playing Dota. Yeah. So in the next 10 years, if like we don't need it to, to happen tomorrow. Mm. It's already happened so far in five years that now we're starting to get... We look at the, the South African Facebook page for Rocket League. That's like 30 new people a week are joining or something like that. Yeah. Um, you, you're starting to get more South African streamers going. You're starting to get more tournaments going here in South Africa. So we're starting to get players like you and other guys at the top who are managing to sit at the highest ranks and play in the highest tournaments and do the highest mechanical skill things. And so, you know, there's definitely, the ceiling has not been reached in South Africa yet. Those opportunities are coming. And that's where we loop back to the, the, in, the Olympics, the RLCS, getting ourselves qualified for those sort of things would be the next step. And so I don't blame you. And I'd actually admire the fact that you've stuck around. And that's, I think, a reason why a lot of the top players have stuck around is because you've put in 5,000 hours we're so close. You've worked. You as a player have worked to build the scene up like this because, you know, that's what's kept the standard of Rocket League in South Africa high enough to, to actually, you know, challenge someone in EU, to challenge something like an, an Olympic qualifier. So, like, the, the players who are at the top are now, I think, hungrier more than ever because it's so close, because it's, it has gotten so far. Yeah, and I mean, as a closing statement, I think we can end off by saying that Rocket League is just that kind of eSport. Like, as you mentioned, we, we put in so much, so many hours into a game. But I mean, I think I, we can rest assured that Rocket League isn't a type of game or a type of eSport that would die down anytime soon. Because it like resembles, I mean, the resemblance is uncanny to like football. You yeah, know? Like, there's, there's yeah. no question. And it's just that type of esport. Like I, I think I said uh, on Twitter like a few months back or so, I said there's no other esport that can keep you on the edge of your seat as consistently as Rocket League yeah. can. Every match, every tournament, everything is so unpredictable and it's so fun to watch. And it's just that kind of game. And that's also why I keep going is that I know this game won't die. There's no way. Did you see the amount of players that came in when free-to-play launched? It was crazy oh it's huge and the viewership awesome. for tournaments internationally and wherever is increasing so so much i'm seeing local rocket league streamers getting a lot more viewership than what they usually would have people asking questions and it's just so great and rocket league is just that type of game that won't lose traction it will just keep going and it will just steamroll and i think that's so so great to know and it like it reassures me to know that if i'm putting time into this game and if I go overseas or Sionic starts uh, sponsoring tournaments for us, that it'll keep going. There won't be a time where it will be like, you know what? There's, there's no more players to like make teams. There's no more tournaments. It can't fill them up. Like, even if we dropped kind of team involvement in South Africa in the, in the last few months, it kind of stayed consistent in a way. It dropped down to a certain level and it stayed that way. Um, but as I said, Rock League is just not going to let go, man. It's just one of those games. No. 
and it, it, the best part is it's really easy to pick up in the beginning whether you're watching it or playing it the concept is really really simple the the things that you need to know are pretty simple put ball in goal anyone simple can understand as that. that just because they can't do a flip ceiling reset backboard read into deflect <laughs> into pass to teammate into backboard read like even <laughs> if they can't do stuff like okay. that when they see it in rlcs when they see it in something like the olympics they would be like what the hell is this game? I need to do that. Yeah. And so it's it's so accessible to new players. It's got such a high skill ceiling for current players. It's got such potential to grow. It's so fun to watch. I mean, like I, I used to watch Dota Championships. Dota is still one of my favorite games of all time. And yet to sit and watch like a 50-minute match and then... Mm or to play a 50-minute match yeah. like that where you have to know the game so intricately. I stopped for like three years and I came back and I watched them like, I don't know this game anymore. What a, what I know is that, that character's item? name. What is this map? like? It, what is this? What, what is just this? happened? <laughs> so Rocket League, it doesn't matter if you've been playing it for a long time. It doesn't matter if you haven't watched it in six months. It doesn't matter. When you get in there and you just watch it, it's five minutes of intense action of people doing insanely crazy mm. things with people shouting wildly over the top of them, myself included. Definitely. And, <laughs> you know, like, I, that's the thing is, I've been, I, I stepped out of the professional Rocket League scene in terms of competing mm. because I was having so much fun with the commentating because to sit and watch people playing, I can watch the lowest yep. level people, I can watch the top tournament in South Africa and be there. And, and the excitement I have for that is genuine because I'm going, my God, what is this? Exactly. This is mad. Yeah, and it's so easy to follow. Like, as you said, there's there's not much that you have to... It's just like watching football. You, you know, you watch the ball and you watch them, like, keep hitting it. But just when it comes down to nail biters, the zero seconds, the equalizers, mm. the overtimes, the best of seven, game seven, overtime in a championship Oof. final, there's nothing that beats that. They, there's no. just nothing. The anticipation, the, the nervousness, the nerves just keep building for yourself. You're not even playing but you're like shaking, you're like starting to like bite your nails. So it really is just that kind of esport that keeps you at the edge of your seat and keeps you involved. Um, so yeah, I think with that, there was so much we could cover today. International, RLCS, Intel World Open or Intel Olympics. I don't know why I keep saying World Open. But if that comes back, that's going to be so nice. And uh, RLCS, Sonics, we keep crossing our fingers that something will pop up. But I mean, until then we can keep climbing, keep proving ourselves, keep improving, um, keep that motivation. Do you think there is enough to keep people motivated in South Africa to keep chasing for it? Like, are we close enough? If, if say, the Olympics doesn't happen next year, how long do you think the scene would keep building at its current rates or people would keep grinding or at least the skill ceiling would keep rising? Do you think we have enough motivation, enough momentum now to just keep building for the next five years if needs be to get some sort of international recognition i think we at this stage are building quite the top level performances i think there's a lot of up and coming players that are really proving themselves i think it's at that stage where they're kind of just breaking out then there's quite a few of them um and it's it's really nice to see but i mean if intel does if that intel olympics doesn't happen soon I don't know how long players are going to keep holding on before they say, okay, listen, I'm really not motivated to keep going for another year just for Psyonix to not say anything or prove anything. Um, but again, we can't say for sure.
that's why I always ask your opinion on these things. It's just, it, it, it is difficult to keep up the scene, any scene. Um, and we've gotten a lot more support from tournament organizers. And I, I think that they're starting to actually be confident in the South African Rocket League scene that we can put on good productions, that we can keep building, that they're worth putting their money behind. Um, certainly, you know, a lot of the tournament organizers are consistently still, after a long time, coming back for second, third, fourth tournaments in the Rocket League. And they're like, yeah, okay, you did well. Let's give you another tournament. Like, I think next year we're going to try to get back to land sort of events, which are always bigger. Um, yeah. Rocket League's now at Rage this weekend. If, uh, so it's going to be great to see if we can keep up those sort of tournaments, if we can keep up a decent South African scene with big tournaments here even if we can just keep building tournaments up to the level that psionics you know if if we eventually put in like 30 requests for tournaments for psionics um at different events they're gonna eventually look at one of them and say yeah. okay let's let's at least watch the stream so i think that even if the olympics doesn't happen soon we've got a chance of still making it into the international eyes oh, yeah, if sure. we keep like building people like this So, guys, that, yeah, this, this has been amazing. Like, there's so much in terms of the international scene that we can be playing with, so much potential here, so much potential in just the players that I think that in the future it's going to be interesting. Um, we're going to talk more about actual tournament breakdowns if you guys are interested in our next episode, uh, what, it need, what it takes to build a successful tournament and run a successful tournament, all the stuff that's been trial and error out over the years but skill steel any thoughts any last closing comments on the international scene of rocket league and what it means for south africa um yeah for south africa i think there's a lot of exciting things that they can still cling on to they can still look forward to as i said sonics hasn't put the ban hammer down on completely not involving us in the scene i think it's just a matter of timing and when um, um rather than a matter of if um so yeah if People should just stay motivated, man. They should just keep practicing, keep going higher and higher. And then when that bomb drops, South Africa included in RLCS, I think a lot of people are really going to be glad that they stuck around um, to try and compete. So, yeah, I'm excited. I'm still motivated. And I think a lot of people should also be um, to improve themselves. Indeed. It's going to take a bit of luck to get mm. us through to the real big one. But you've got a beautiful saying about luck. Um, when it comes to getting lucky for these sort of opportunities. Yeah, so I mean, uh, I think a great man once said, Mr. Fallacer, <laughs> you have to be a little bit lucky to succeed. But I mean, yeah, I, I, I guess you could say that. I mean, I think Fallacer, he did say, luck is where preparation meets opportunity. So uh, I was a bit confused when I heard that, but it does make sense. Um, so yeah, as you said, we, we will need a little bit of lady luck on our side. But uh, until then, I think we are well prepared and I think we are on the right track to one day be on the international stage. Oh, I love that. There's, there's your motivation for the rest of the, the, until the next podcast, guys. Luck is where opportunity meets preparedness. Exactly. Alrighty. Until then, guys, thanks so much for joining us here on Rocket Talk. Again, I've been Altruism and joining me is Skill Steel. Uh, we'll see you for the next episode, but thank you so much for listening. Alrighty, yes, thank you very much for listening. We'll check you guys on the next episode.